0: Welcome to More to Come, P.W. Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recording once again at the <laughs> P.W. offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, contributing editor, uh, as well as editor of P.W. Comics World and editor of The Fanatic. P.W.'s twice a month comics and pop culture newsletter. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics.
1: And I'm Heidi McDonald. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Beat at ComicsBeat.com and you can find us on Twitter at, at @pwcomicsworld.
2: <laughs> and I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer and you can find us online on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com
0: And don't forget you can subscribe to come on the Apple Podcast app on Google Podcasts and on Stitcher and on Facebook we're at facebook.com slash pw comics world
2: and if there's some other social media channel you'd like us to syndicate to give us a line because we know that new social media forms are booming
1: and don't forget you can also uh leave us a comment on any of the platforms that we're on give us a rating give us a thumbs up leave us some kind of feedback because we'd love to hear from our listeners
0: talk to us all right this week on more to come the u.s book show is coming and what's coming along with it the first standalone comics and graphic novel day uh the Eisner nominations have been released uh there's big changes at IDW we got manga apps we got AI and we've got a Marvel shocker <laughs> Yes.
1: Oh yeah, right. Marvel, Shocker.
0: Right.
1: Uh also we shocking that we're back together again. <laughs> <I> <laughs> yes, that's it's
0: true. It's been a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's a, it's a more to come day yeah, at P.W. Yeah. It's been
1: more to come it's for quite a while, while So, um, But
0: here we are. We're back in the cozy confines of the P.W. offices.
1: Yes, we and, are indeed. Yes.
0: So, U.S. Book Show. I yes. mean, I don't know, this is, what is this, the fourth, the third? I or? believe
1: it's the third.
0: Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> you, you know, you retire and you lose track of everything here. So, mm. but, um, but, uh, it's coming. Look, there's big authors. Uh, I, I had a story in, um, the Fanatic yesterday about, uh, Chuck D, who's, who basically has an amazing box set. <laughs> uh, of of graphic journals uh that Akashic Books uh is publishing. He's going to give a keynote. Um uh Ross is giving a keynote. Um uh Heidi will tell you a little bit more about a very special a very conversation she's going to be moderating. Yes. But mo- even more even better there's going to be a whole day devoted to comics and graphic novels Tuesday May 23rd Go to usbookshow.com. Yeah. And know, yes, and, and, if, register. and
1: yes, if you, are, so please, we encourage you to register. Uh, I will say if you are a PW subscriber or newsletter subscriber, you check your email. You might have gotten yeah. a super special email that told you how to get a pass to the day. And um, you know, last time we were here, we gave out our passes. So, you know, you missed the boat on that. But, um, it's yes, I will be in conversation with Jeff Smith and Tilly Walden. I hey, can't imagine two uh more bad. interesting people to talk to, but really, uh, the whole day is awesome. I mean it kicks off with Raj chast uh yes, and um, just all through the day, James yeah. Tynion will be there um every, you know every
0: Estrada mm-hmm. um who has a new book out, and he did that wonderful book band book club mm-hmm. uh a timely book is that? Uh, there's so much more. George O'Connor
1: mm.
0: will be talking about the Asgardians. Um, so.
1: uh, also, Stephen Graham Jones in conversation with Alex Segura. Uh, Maddie Lepchansky, You uh, know, Rodriguez, uh, Jillian Tamaki. Uh, really awesome. Not bad. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yes. Uh, line of, uh, uh Alex DeCampi in conversation with Joan Hilty. So it just goes on. I, I feel like this is the biggest graphic novel day that we've had since the pandemic. Uh, this is,
0: it's, it's going to be great. This is really good. Um, you know, like I said, go to usbookshow.com. Uh, if you got a little extra money, go ahead. Um, uh, there may even be some more deals floating around.
1: Yes, there might. Do you mm-hmm. remember our code?
0: You know, I'm gonna give it out one more yeah, time. Yeah, let's do
1: it. Can't it hurt. It can't hurt. hurt. Go give to
0: usbookshow Look for the button that says register, register, and you know what? Give this a try. Uh All caps MTC free.
1: MTC free. All right. All caps.
0: Yeah. Tom M- Calvin sent M- you. M- Cal- Calvin, and Heidi, and, Heidi Kate. and Kate sent you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, we well, have a
2: limited number. We have a limited number of tickets, but you never know. They might not have run out.
0: And this starts next week. Uh it starts on Monday, May twenty second, goes through Thursday, May twenty fifth. Uh the comics day is May twenty third, Tuesday.
1: But just to be clear, the first two days are virtual events. Oh yes. Yes. And the uh, Tuesday and Wednesday are in person. And um, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, but this is Kind of the closest thing there is to the old book expo. And it's yeah. really a real big proof concept for Publishers Weekly for the book industry to see if they want to have an in-person gathering again.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's so it's uh, it is by no means on the scale of the old book book expo. But people one thing why PW started is that people want a gathering mm-hmm. of some kind. Um, uh, publishers want to hype their books. Uh publishing professionals want to see each other um and of course we're we're in New York city we're in this incredible environment of great publishers, great artists, so we're doing our best to fill a, a gap
2: right and then what the market another means. demographic and another part of the market is book lovers yeah, oh yes, that's yeah, true. let's
1: not forget yeah, or librarians yes, or booksellers absolutely. I mean it's a vibrant, vibrant industry, and you know people love to get together. It's a real community. Yes. And uh, in order to have community, it really helps to be in person. So, yes. anyways. There's a library. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Yes. I'm pretty excited. I'm excited yeah. for this so, event. I'm yeah. excited. We're talking
0: about comics, but really it's across the board. Yes. Just, and just, if just you can't books.
2: make it to New York, check out our our uh, programming for the book show that's virtual. Yes. There will be other things available You can too.
1: register for the virtual um, panels and sessions as well. So, uh, check right. out the U.S. bookshelf. Well, I speaking joke. of books, it was the big, big week this week for the Eisner nominations, the glamorous Oscars of the comics
0: industry. Some of us refer to it as the National Book Awards.
1: Yes, of the well, they're industry. the National oh, Oscar me, Awards only me of the <laughs> of the uh, comics industry, and uh, they came out this year's judges. Um, let's see, who yeah, did year. not fix this? Boy, I didn't. I'm looking at my own story. I'm like, I forgot to. Uh, format it properly. Sorry, guys. I'm going to fix it after this podcast. Anyway, the judges were Moni Barrett, Peter Jones, Jen King, Sean Kleefeld, A. David Lewis, and T.J. Shevlin. And, um, I mean, there's just a ton of nominations. The biggest winner or the most nominations was for an individual Uh, was Zoe Thurgood. She yeah. got five. And then Thomas Woodruff and Tom King got four each. Mm-hmm. Um, image and image got twenty nominations, twenty six nominations. Uh, DC got uh sixteen. Well, these are including shared. I'm including shared in the. In the um, numbers, Fantagraphics got 13 and on and on down. And, you know, Publishers Weekly got one shared. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. Well, it's better probably, than no share. I, guess, I think
1: this might be our first kind of uh, uh, Eisner nomination. Yeah, no, a, there
0: was you. Uh, well, yeah. You yeah, were nominated. When it, it was, was, when it was
1: nominated, I, yeah. I was not part of Publish. I mean, it's true, I but I wasn't. It was The Beat was nominated. Yeah, it so was and it beat. wasn't was housed right. on the... So this is sort the, of a
0: quasi- we're, we're, you know, yes. we're, we're taking one.
1: Yeah, we're going to take <laughs> we're it. We're just
0: going to take this. Rob Southwitz was nominated in the, uh, what was it? The There's comics, journalism. best comics
1: or journalism, the only yeah. car- category I care about.
0: Yeah, and they, and he, and he listed you know, among the stories that, uh, that he used to get that were some, some of the stuff he wrote for publishers. With yeah. Him, so.
1: so, you know, I will say a little bit of discourse here. Um, I think we talked about this last year, but it's interesting to me that, um, you know, Calvin, you and I have both been Eisner judges. Oh, I was yeah. a judge 30 years ago for the second Eisner Awards.
0: about <laughs> me too. I yeah. was 99 or oh,
1: something. Oh no, that long ago? Wow. It was a while back yeah, when so I was, uh, almost it was tw- 24 yeah. years. Calvin. Yeah, it was a long Oof. time ago. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. Well, so we're veterans. Um, I will say I feel like the best graphic album new category used to be the real best picture. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. the, of the Eisner. Don't mm-hmm. you agree? Absolutely.
0: Yes, well, you know, it wasn't always, uh, as I recall, I remember a speech that Frank Miller gave, mm. and you must remember this too, where he got on stage and he talked about the graphic novel new should be the, that should be the last award. This mm. should be, the, the book award should be the board that caps off this. I'm not sure it was always like that. I mean, I, I do
1: think they do give it out. I, the last award. It is, yeah. It is the last award. But, well, I mean, I would say that a lot of times, whatever's the biggest book of the year, you expect, you know, mm-hmm. to win that award. Uh, you know, like blankets. I'm sure blankets won the best new, I mean, I could look probably, it up here. Maybe yeah, I'll do it while we're did. talking. But, I just want to say, they, you know, the juries just add category after category after category. I don't even know how many there are now. But, uh, now they have, like- they have best reality-based work. They have best humor publication best graphic memoir so reality and graphic memoir have been separated and then they have best graphic album new and best graphic album reprint so in the best graphic album new we find the book of nile by barry jones published in alley and beady never heard of it uh crushing by sophie burrows from algonquin young readers never heard of it uh, Francis Rothbard, The Tale of a Fastidious Sparrow by Thomas Woodruff. Okay, I have heard of really? that one. Because I saw him at MOCA. Um, yes. He Mocha, was at Mocha, Mocha. And, and I know Tom. And, yeah, we know Tom. He used to be the head of the uh, illustration and, yes. and cartooning yes. um uh division at SVA, School of Visual Arts. Uh, so he's pretty well known. There are a lot of categories. Yes, there are. But I'm just finishing this, there's five. The Night Eaters, book one. She's the mm-hmm. Night, by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda. Okay, I've heard of that. Obviously sure. a very, um, you know, got a lot of uh Good Press. And then a book, uh, Ultrasound, by Connor Stekshalte. Now, I will say I love this book. Um, I probably would vote for it myself. You mm. might not have heard of it. I'm I a big, actually I haven't. I'm have a not. big fan uh, because it's not new. It's a reprint of, uh, I mean, it has new material in it, but it, most uh, much of it well, was previously printed interesting. As, as Generous Bosom, which was published by uh, Breakdown Press. But anyway, I guess because the last part is new, they called it new. Crushing isn't.
0: Completely new either. Oh. There was a different version of it. So,
1: so Calvin, what's the book of Nile and Crushing about?
0: See, the Crushing uh, is, uh, as I understand it, is the story of these two kind of lonely, disaffected people. In this, I think it's a wordless book. I have not read it, but I have read about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. And what I read about it was that uh, she published a shorter version. I assume maybe a, a zine like version of it, and then expanded it. Yeah. Into a, a larger book. Um, and I find that very interesting because I have, one of my pet peeves is uh, calling collected editions of books reprints, which is one thing that the, Eisen, the Eisner Awards do. And I think that's unfortunate.
1: Well, let's go look at the, the best know, graphic album, Reprint, Ace of Sand by Amy DeJong. I guess that was previously published in a different language. Uh, Genevieve Castry Complete Works. All right. That is a reprint for sure. Mm-hmm. Maze book, Dark Horse, Direct Edition by Jeff Lemire. One Beautiful Spring Day by Jim Wondering. All right. Awesome. I love Jim Wondering. Parker, The Martini Edition, Last Call. A book that's won many Eisner's before because it is another re-edition. And Super Spy, Deluxe Edition by Matt Kent. By the way, that book came out like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I have the first edition. So, so that not, this is, Deluxe edition, I guess, I don't know, must have new material in there. Yes. You know, okay, I'm just gonna so, say, where is Ducks? Where is Ducks? ducks? Under memoir, where is isn't Ducks? It, it is yeah. in the memoir category, yeah. but I, I just, you know, I, and it's up against Zoe Thorogood's, It's Lonely at the Center of an Earth, an autobiographic novel, which again is, I haven't read it yet, but it's gotten rave, rave, Lonely rave. Lonely at the Center of an Earth, Earth is
0: a very good book.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I'm looking, I have it sitting in my pile, yes. very much looking it's, forward it's to it. It's
0: really quite good. But
1: I, I just, I feel a little bad that, you know, Ducks, Two Years in the Oil Sands, we've talked about it here many, many times. I mean, that was the book of the year, period. Period, mm-hmm. period, period.
0: Oh, I agree. Uh, I agree. Um, I mean, I don't have a problem with it being called memoir. Uh, I, I'm, I'm always curious about the reality-based work. Um.
2: Well, I guess it could also count nonfiction and news.
0: Well, I would, re- you know, I mean, or I, history. I, I understand what nonfiction is. I'm a little curious about reality. I mean, a lot of fiction is based in reality. I don't well, know. I mean, this is a
1: biography. <laughs> like, one of them is Alfred Hitchcock, the master of suspense. Alice Guy, first lady of film. I guess if you did.
0: No, I mean, I'm Hitchcock, sure you had to do Alice community. Guy. they're just trying to, do the best they can. It, and, and, but I, I yeah. I, I mean, look,
1: it, it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, having been nominated for two Eisner Awards again uh, for the beat, I'm, you know, if you sit, I've said this before on the podcast, but if you sit in a group of comics type folks, and you say, who here has been nominated for an Eisner? About two thirds of the hands go up. Okay. So, <laughs> which is great. You know what? It's awesome. Let us all get yeah. our nom. And, yeah. you know, unless you're Todd Klein or alter ego, uh, Wine Wine, which gets nominated every freaking year, year after year after year, and Todd Klein wins, you know, he said he was going to retire, but then he decided he wouldn't retire. Uh, so, <laughs> that, you know, it, it really does become like, oh, they've never been nominated at all. They should get a nomination. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't in I mean, the room. Is, I'm just it guessing.
0: It is kind of, uh, you know, a commendation of, of, of a kind to yeah. be nominated mm-hmm. at all. Um, it yeah. shows
2: up on your wikipedia article it does it does yeah. when we write a description of somebody for an interview we say eisner
0: nominated I mean, so
1: and so so and so put it in my blue sky bio um
0: I mean, I, I, do think they should have a non-fiction category. They and, do! They want a memoir category, yeah. but it's not really called non-fiction. Yeah, but they
1: also have like a humor category too, which <laughs> yeah, is that's like- That's fine, I, you know, know. I think a humor yeah. category uh, You know, is far listen, one separate. thing about this, uh, oh, you know, Clementine by Tilly Walden. Yeah. I was nominated, as was Chef's Kiss. Do a power bomb, Wash Day Diaries, the other book yes, of the year, is, by yeah, the way.
0: It pulled in a few awards. Yes, that
1: way. won the L.A. Times mm-hmm. Book Prize the the other day.
0: But Ducks is really the best yeah, book of the I mean, year. Yeah, period.
1: I mean, it's it's a Full it's a land, Yeah, it's really just a landmark work that it's. We, I,
2: we may be a little prejudiced because yes. we already love Kate Beaton's work,
1: but well, I, mean, I mean, it's we're, great. We're hardly unique in that, you know. Yeah, but. I love her
0: work, but really, this book is a that book is a cut above. Even for her.
1: I I I just think Ducks is like Mouse or like Fun Home. I feel like I it's it's a one book. for the ages. Right. It's I a graphic too. novel that, you know, or Watchmen, I think it enters the it's literary the canon. canon. <laughs> yes. It really
0: so, is. Yeah. So obviously we're, you know, fanning over that book. Yeah. Uh
1: but anyway, I mean I'm sure yeah. when the time comes, uh right. she will win her category. But you know, I kind of appreciate that the Harveys have only six awards, and they have one called Best Book, and you know they have nice. like twenty five nominees for it. But you know, I do like I like, yeah, that, the it's, wall- I like that it's the Best Picture, or not yeah. You know, I'm going to vote in the Harveys yeah. this year just for that. Yeah. I'm going to vote in the Harveys.
0: I mean, I mean it's interesting <laughs> in, in that sense. I mean, this you know the uh, the Eisners are like the Oscars. I mean, there's a lot of categories. I mean, the National Book Awards used to be like this. Too. Oh, really? Yes, they used to be called National Book Awards, which have what? Four categories: they have best fiction, nonfiction, I think biography, and young people's literature. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to be called the American Book Awards, and there were like oh yeah thirty categories, including production, and they went it went on forever. And one year they 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 reorganized them; they changed the name to the National Book Awards, and they chopped it down to a short list of the best books of the year. Yeah. Um, now, easy for me to say, (laughs) harder for an industry, uh, that this is our biggest night to suddenly cut off so many people. So we'll, this is just a history, not Mm -hmm. necessarily. Yeah.
1: Well, if you want, if you want the medium, you know, go to the Ringo Awards because they give out kind of like the medium amount of awards. (laughs) It's not like the super six awards. Like the Harveys. I think the Harveys might be up to seven now. Yeah. And uh makes for a petite night um, as opposed to the Eisners, which as we know. It's a
0: marathon. It's a marathon. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And the Eisners might be helped by having an orchestra to come up and Mm -hmm. play them (laughs) off.
0: Well, they do have, they they do pump the music up occasionally that does happen.
1: You know, the, I. I, Not as ruthlessly though, from what I hear.
0: Well, they had, they were getting the time down, but it's, I, I hear it's gotten it's, longer it's, again. It's I getting longer,
1: longer again. And, uh, they, you know, there were so many people in the Hall of Fame this year that they had to move that to a separate ceremony. Oh, that's so, interesting. All right.
0: um, well,
1: anyway, uh, listen, so many friends won, you know, Z2 got six nominations, really pretty impressive. Uh, they're the Tori Amos book, the Weird Al book. Um, you know, Lauren Nipson, who I worked with when I worked for uh, Z2 on the, on the Cheech and Chong book, she got nominated. I'm very happy for her, and uh, just so many friends. So you know what, Tom Gall, uh, it's it's yeah. it's just it's nice to yeah. see so your friends. And Rob, like I said, Rob let's congrats, Rob. Rob. Yeah, absolutely, so, congrats to yeah. Rob.
0: So look, it's 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 something to celebrate about this industry and the great material that's out there. And we're living in a time where there's never been a better. Yeah, and there's certainly
1: of plenty book. of awards.
0: Yes, so so congrats to all the nominees. I won't be there in, in July. And, oh, Calvin. But you know what? I'll be, be thinking about you. Oh, Calvin, you know, you're maybe me
1: sad now. I,
0: I, yes, I'm sad too, but, oh,
1: well, but I'm still not
0: going to be there. All right.
1: So, uh you know, just alluded all right. to the fact that we haven't uh, done this in person in a while. And so we just missed uh, one of the biggest stories of the year by ours <laughs> last time, which was... Uh, what the hell is going on at IDW? What the hell is going on at IDW? Well, uh, they announced a big old bombshell of laying off, was it 39% of their staff? That's two fifths yes. if you're math challenged. And, uh, that included laying off publisher Nachi Marsham. Uh, their entire marketing and retailing staff and um a bunch of editors a bunch of support folks and also then installing their fifth CEO in 6 years uh Dav- Davide Jonas the son yes of the primary stockholder of IDW so uh, everybody made, um, y- you know, uh, the succession, Taylor, what's his face, uh, <laughs> jokes or Fredo, uh, jokes. And, uh, but I interviewed that, D- uh, D- Davidee. Uh, he's a rabbi. So that's interesting. He's the only comic CEO who's a rabbi. Interesting. And, uh, nice guy. Yeah. Nice guy. Cool. Uh, doesn't really know much about comics publishing, but, um, well, he can't track. be
2: worse than whoever came up with the submission guidelines at Gold Key.
1: Yes, well, they, yeah, they—I uh, I mean, I, I've talked to them a little bit too. Um,
0: well, they seem to be backtracking from.
1: Yeah, they did. They—they <laughs> they didn't. They didn't stick with that. they are just the Gold Key, just a bunch. It's a classic comics brand that a bunch of re, you know collector retailers who had some money lying around are trying to revive. But you know, on to IDW. I guess the big shocker there, Calvin. I think I probably texted you. Is, uh, they announced that Josh Frankel would be their yeah. new chief digital officer. And boy, did that get the industry in a, it did,
0: it did. And, uh, but you know, when at Z2, when he was there, I mean, uh, Josh seemed to, uh, he, he, he was using digital marketing and in seemed to be some innovative ways that really helped the company in the early days. So well,
2: yeah. why, why did it cause a, tumult in the comics industry when they found out about this promotion. I
1: think people were just very surprised because, yeah. you know, he was removed from his own company and mm-hmm. usually, you know, that you go on or you do fade away and he's going on. So and Just the
0: last place I expected him to, I mean, I, I yeah. expected Josh to, to return uh, to visibility in some entrepreneurial manner. Yes. I did not expect him to be an executive, you know, at a you, know, a, a, you know, a fairly large independent publishing
1: house. Yeah. I, uh, just to give the, the rundown. No
0: knock on Josh. You know, I'm no, interested no, yeah. to see where it goes. Uh, it just was surprising. I thought he would be in a more entrepreneurial
1: yeah. situation. Well, given what's going what on doing. at IDW, it is... I
0: guess kind you could say it tutorial. is a new venture. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, let me see. Okay. Key promotions and appointments. Uh, Just to give the new, um, the new structure there uh yeah da- davidi is the new ceo mm-hmm. and um mark doyle will be co-publisher along with tara McCrillis. and of course mark doyle is a guest on this podcast mm-hmm. um jamie rich has been um promoted to like editor-in-chief mm-hmm. and uh they have not yet announced uh who oh well, Amber Huerta is the chief operating officer. They haven't announced the marketing staff. I mean, okay, they did lay off the entire marketing staff and, uh, I asked Davidi Davidi about it and he kind of just said, well, we need people who are in line with our new goals. And so then they, I, the only person who's been announced is Greg Katzman, who used to work at Valiant. And, uh, you know, he tweeted, Oh, I'm starting at IDW. He was working at PRH. Which oh, IDW distributed at yeah, that's interesting. That's an interesting. And I'm like, you know, hey, he's a great guy. Um, I mean, if you put him and the rest of the previous staff into a, you know, a bag, and then I were to say, say you wrote their name on a Lego. Let's say there was a Lego, and mm-hmm. I were to pull out three Legos, I, I they were all good people. You know, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I haven't worked with them enough to know well, their quirks I, and foibles. But. And and when I see the I hear their new goals. All I can think is.
2: What new goals? Aren't your goals always just to sell comics?
0: Well, I'm com- well, I think I think it's to sell comics, but I do think they expect to go into production for more media. Well, broadly, media.
1: you know, we're kind of
0: media productions, we're kind TV of film, etc.
1: Yeah, well, we're kind of burying the lead a little bit in that. Um, I think what really came out of this is. Uh, that, I mean, they are not a subsidiary of IDT, which is a tech company. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, like IDT it has a board and a lot of the, they spin off companies. They acquired spin off companies. They're the ones who took IDW public. And so the board of IDW consists of a lot of people who are also involved with IDT, including one person who's a convicted felon, <laughs> um, you know, for, for embezzling his own charity. Oh, dear. Uh, and then there's another guy who was like at AOL, and he has some really shady crap in his background. And, you know, there's just.
0: Is that the marketing?
1: Yeah. No, of... no, 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 no. no. So that, that guy, that guy. That's gone. That guy's Okay. So one of the many CEOs they had or publisher, I think he was the publisher, was this guy, Judd Meyer, who the minute they announced that he oh, was no, the publisher, we were like. You know, oh, you know. Well, he defrauded his ex partner yeah. and blah blah. And then, like a week later, they're like, "Oh, he stepped yeah, down no, no, no. from
0: the position." Yeah, no, no. IDW had a a unit that was kind of digital marketing, and it was it was sort of a profitable part of the country. i I'm, I guess I'm not familiar with IDT, and I'm conflating the two.
1: Yeah. Oh no. Well, you, well. Uh, th- listen. You know what? It's too long to go into. We have too much news to talk about this this episode and yes. more to come. Yeah uh i mean i'll just say i have an article look to plug the beat i have an article on the beat where i kind yeah. of talk about a lot of the structure and all that also have the interview with Davidi. um rob salkowitz is a three-part interview uh with Davidi on uh icv2 we kind of tag-teamed on them mm-hmm. we said i was going to ask these kind of questions he was going to ask a different set of questions okay. because i'll say this last year we were talking about oni and their did pretty much the same thing and there was a dearth of information that went on for months and months until they you know no no press nothing until they hired a few really good people and hunter goranson took over as publisher now they're like a normal company again Mm -hmm. props to idw within a week they were like uh hey here's our new ceo he's available for an interview and I give them props for that. That's how you handle these things. They are a company. They are a professional company that is in business to make money and do things.
2: And they didn't go through Elon Musk's, hey, my dog's the new CEO phase. No.
0: No. No,
1: they handled it in a fairly professional <laughs> yeah. Yeah. professional way, all things considered, aside from a couple of little details. Yeah. That you can in the wake
0: of, what, 28 layoffs? Yeah. Yeah. So. uh
1: So I guess there's more to come.
0: Yes, yes, isn't there always? Yeah. All right.
1: Well,
2: IDW is not the only place where big changes are happening. Um, some and arguably some for the better are going on in digital manga. So as little upstarts become big upstarts like Webtoon and Tapas, um, Viz and Kodansha are not to be shut out of the game. They have both premiered their new apps for the English speaking market on the same day. So uh Kadansha's oddly named K manga app uh, a little confusing since the manga is in fact J manga, <laughs> but I suppose J manga was already taken. And the Viz app, which is called Viz, um have slightly different business models. Now both of them have a free option and a buy to keep option, but their models are quite different. So K-Manga takes more of the traditional webtoon approach where you buy a certain number of tokens mm-hmm. and then you're also given some tokens for free just for being on the app. And you know, or watching an ad or completing a challenge, and so you know, it's like one dollar for a hundred tokens, and any one chapter of the manga might be like sixty-nine tokens or something.
0: It's a lot of tokens. It's it pricey after a while.
2: Yeah, yeah, it can add up. It can add up, but you know, so some some are saying it's it's pricey, and it's true. Um they will have a few uh, free episodes, but generally speaking, the way you get free is by going online, completing a little challenge or checking in from the day and getting some tokens.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And this is decidedly more expensive in the cheap or free option than uh, the viz, because with viz, they are doing kind of the all-you-can-eat option where it's $2 for whatever they have on their app. And you can read all of it if you have a paid membership. Obviously, there will be... Um, just like on the their Shonen Jump app, the, the most recent installments will still be free. <laughs> but if you want to buy a digital installment of a manga you have to pay for it. So if you're buying it, you're keeping it. That means you'll always be able to read it. And the prices on those are are relatively high as well. That's like $7 for volume. Mm. And so the prices may equal out to about the same if you're buying to keep digitally. But if you just sort of want to browse as opposed to own, um, this might be more cost effective. On the other hand, like if you're, you're persistent enough to go in and get your tokens yeah. in, in the manner of say someone who's reading their morning comics in the newspaper 20 years ago, uh, you, you know, you might be able to do some reading. Now there's also a difference in what they're offering. Mm-hmm. So Viz offers a smaller number of titles, but a larger number of issues. So, um, they don't have anything that's in the Shonen Jump app. That's separate. That's different. You need a different app for that. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. It strikes me as <laughs> foolish, but whatever. Um, so nothing that's in Shonen Jump and no installments that have adult content. All adult content can be accessed on the website, but you cannot read it on the app. Now, this may be for app store related reasons because maybe they don't want their app rated adult or whatever. Um, so they have fewer titles, but they have large chunks of the back catalog in there. Whereas um, K-Manga has over 400 different titles. Mm. Not mm-hmm. installments, different titles already on the app. And they haven't necessarily gotten all of each title in there yet, although they're working on it. But they have a broader range of titles and it goes further back into the past but again like viz if you want an adult installment depends on how adult it is it may not be available in the app you may need to go on the website so
1: how is the reading how does the reading experience differ on the two apps very similar Mm -hmm. yeah so do you have a preference for one or the other
2: uh to be honest, I haven't gone mucking around in them mm-hmm. yet to, like, actually read one. To my shame. I was just sort of looking at their mo- business models and so on. Yeah.
0: I've got I, the business. I mean... I haven't, I haven't I, really tried to do it I
1: will before. say, yeah, I haven't had a chance because I've been super swamped, but uh, for reasons I can go into later, but... um uh, you, you did miss one little tidbit here, is that K-Manga's been in the works for a long time, you know. It our, has. Our, 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 co- our colleague Deb Aoki has mm-hmm. been talking about yes. it non-stop. And then Viz, the day before K-Manga had been announced their launch on May 10th, which, you know, had been graven in stone back yeah. in, yes. uh, suddenly Viz is like, hey, how do you like our new app, yeah, yeah, which right. is, as you mentioned, is a lot cheaper? So I've heard a lot of complaints about this token system that K is using. So Viz definitely they jumped de- on that, got yeah. in a little, you know, competitive spirit there. Yeah, well, there's
2: there's a benefit to each, you know, because a lot of people are used to the token system yeah. from their mm. webtoon type apps, and there's no fee for entry. There's no membership fee. So their hope is that your desire to read will be greater than your patience and that you will buy the tokens instead of waiting to earn more tokens. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you are, say, a high school student with some time on their hands K okay, manga might look better. Ah,
1: yeah. well, I mean, the, this
0: kind of token system is used
1: on webtoons yeah. and Tapas. Yeah.
0: I mean, usually, isn't there like you, you you can read it for free uh, uh, as the chapters are released, but if you want to read ahead, you can do various things to earn or buy tokens. You can you That's, can I mean, on the regular other models. Not well, necessarily those
2: in these, you can read the most recent installment, simulpubbed, mm-hmm. free. On Viz, but for older installments, aha, uh-huh. that's under the paywall. I see.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, this is big news. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, thanks for checking these out. I, like I said, I haven't had a chance to do it, but uh, obviously, this is a big investment by both publishers. Yeah, well,
0: it's a manga moment, and it's... clearly, there's this, there's there's way more ways to, to access. Manga of all kinds. Yeah. Then. It's
1: been a
2: long time yeah. coming, and and I'm glad they got there. Mm.
1: Uh Now, wasn't there also a new Webtoon app or something? Apple and Webtoon yes. sitting in a tree? So,
2: well, not actual Webtoon. Webtoon's in the generic ah, sense, not okay. the brand sense. So, much like-, like Kleenex and uh-huh. tissues. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. So, in the Kleenex sense of the word, uh Apple and the... um the App Store, have uh, decided to create their very own Webtoon app. Hmm. Now, it's not entirely clear why they decided that was a
0: thing they needed to do,
2: but uh, they did take a partner in the process.
0: Korean startup by the name of Knaz, they entered into an agreement with, with uh, Apple to publish webtoon type comics on the Apple Books app. Mm-hmm. So, um I guess Apple was looking for original IP, um you know, they didn't want to wade into the
1: <laughs> you know,
0: the capital W webtoon and um um the other one Tapas. Tapas yeah, world. So, um you know, competition is what it's about. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I admit that's all I know about it. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I didn't know anything about yeah. it, so I no, haven't even it's, heard it's this kind one.
2: of new news. So, it came out first in Japan in April, and it is just about to launch in North America. The deal is for three years, so we'll see if the app's still here in three years. I yeah.
1: guess. Uh, you know the um. The uh, other news is that Omnibus that we've talked about here, which is a brand new mm. digital comics platform startup, uh is finally available in the App Store. And again, I haven't had a chance to to look at it or, you know, I did get a chance at the beta. I couldn't do it. I just, uh, I've been writing the graphic novels in Library Story for the year. And as you know, uh that is a very, very heavy story. It's and uh very consuming. So I've, I haven't had time to do anything but work on that story this week. So anyway, but yes, Omnus is out. Uh, Doubtless we will have more about all of these um, digital, uh, you know, enterprises in the weeks to come. Yeah.
2: But it's not the only digital news related to manga. Oh. Because, well, Shonen <laughs> Jump and the editors of Shonen Jump have worked to create together to create an AI tool to make writing manga easier. Now, the idea is that it will not write the manga for you, but that it will quote-unquote make it easier. So, Sounds um, evil to me. Yes. Yeah, so, they've called it the <laughs> Comic Copilot AI tool, which uses chat GPT in Japanese. And <laughs> The tool can be used to help come up with titles and names. I would think that was the easy part. As well as, and this is the big thing, shortening dialogue to make it fit speech bubbles.
1: Uh, well, AI is very good at uh, stuff like that, I have to see,
2: say that the shortening dialogue to fit speech bubbles seems like the most innocent use of it, because also it is going to suggest advice and ideas for where you might want to go with your story. And um, they said the site's FAQ warns that although it is admissible to use AI-generated advice and ideas, some content may be drawn from existing works of manga and users are individually responsible for confirming whether or not their content infringes on intellectual property before they submit it to Shonen Jump.
1: The honor system. Yes. That's going to work great.
2: And furthermore, I mean, you're assuming that the AI and the user all know the same manga. Yeah. You could very easily find yourself infringing on a manga you never
1: read. Yeah. I mean, you know, we should do a whole show on AI because obviously it's a huge threat to life, love, liberty, livelihoods, everything else, or... The greatest tool that humans yeah. I mean, have don't ever created. is
0: objecting to AI, you know, proofreading mm-hmm. a <laughs> story. But uh, I think what
2: or saying we, you are more than you know, twenty-seven characters. This is too long. But I don't
0: think anyone believes that that's all that that will be no, going no, on. No, all no,
1: I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. We should table this for a whole discussion. Yeah. It would Absolutely. be interesting to talk to some of the people who are involved yeah. in it because there's definitely a lot of different. uh no. Feelings, and it's already being used in comics in a lot of different ways. So, um, you know, so, yeah, uh, just and you know, the writer strike, the AI is one of the huge. We're not even talking about that this time, but yeah. it's just tumult, tumult, really, it's tumult.
0: We're on the verge of something. Yes. Well, and speaking of it could tumult, be great or awful, and most likely it'll be awful.
1: Yeah, probably because <laughs> everything is awful. Well, yes. speaking of awful, tumult, uh Marvel has been teasing that a major spider-man character would die in amazing spider-man 26 okay listeners
2: if you don't want to hear who dies yes yes please forward ahead approximately three minutes thank you
1: uh yeah so they've been they've been teasing this for months and uh it's kind of like the anniversary uh like the 50th anniversary of the death of gwen stacy which was the original comic book death by the way uh, and she stayed away for years and years and years. They did, they resisted bringing Gwen Stacy back, so kept it as permanent as they can in comics. Uh, so everybody thought Mary Jane was gonna die. Uh, so this week, there's all these leaks coming out, and uh, supposedly somebody leaked it on Reddit, and then- Well, it did get leaked on Reddit. It, it did, but- I don't know. Nobody says what the source of the leak is. So well, yes, that's true. That's so. I was on the. It was leaked on Reddit, but was that the source? I'm not sure, because for various reasons. Uh, then it was picked up, of course, by comic book websites, and it was revealed that the character that was dying was Ms. Marvel.
2: Ms. Marvel, that is to say, Kamala Khan, that is to say. A character more associated with many things other than Spider-Man.
1: Yes, well, she does not have a title of her own At right now, so she's been a supporting character in this Spider-Man, hmm. um, you know, storyline. And, um, you know, when this leaked, uh, all hell broke loose, and, uh. Fans were mad. Fans were mad. And, of course, they were like, this is, you know, the killing of a young Muslim woman of color who is beloved of readers is really a horrible thing to do. And, I and, mean, I'm not going to deny that it's a bad optic, except for one yeah. tiny detail. She's starring in The Marvels, which <laughs> is Marvel's big holiday release coming out in Thanksgiving weekend.
2: Well, I would think they were smarter than that. Except for one thing. The year that, one year that there was a really big, huge Captain America movie was the year they decided to do uh, brainwash Nazi Captain America.
1: Brainwash? Yes, oh, this yes. is what they do. But they killed off Doctor Strange before Doctor
0: no, Strange no, what movie I, came out. What
2: I'm saying is,
0: yeah.
2: is that they can be tone deaf. So killing off Doctor Strange and bringing him back, smart. Giving everyone who otherwise would be hyped up to read about Steve Rogers' Captain America, Steve Rogers' Hydra brainwash creature, was not smart. Yeah, but I... And so I'm saying, I hope they handle it well.
1: Well, I I will say Marvel has told me repeatedly that they don't really see a sales bump uh, in connection with the movies coming out, okay? They've tried and tried. I mean, this would be a long conversation that uh, David Gabriel, you know, doesn't mm. talk to the media. I would love to. But, you know, in various conversations, I've heard this. Now, that said, there is a uh mysterious classified solicitation for a book coming out in August. There is a one-shot Morning Ms. Marvel by G. Willow Wilson, the co-creator of Kamala Khan, coming out in June Uh, there's this movie I've mentioned coming out. And Mm -hmm. so everyone believes that what's going to happen is that she is going to be retconned because in the comics, she is an inhuman who got her powers from Terrigen Mist, which is an Ike Perlmutter thing because he didn't want mutants because Fox had the rights to the X-Men and mutants. And if anybody was called a mutant, Marvel couldn't use them in movies. Uh, so she's but the belief is she's gonna to go to Krakoa, get resurrected, and come back as a mutant. <laughs> but and also why? because on the T V show with this Ms. Marvel also already had her own T V yes, show yes. she is a mutant and her yes. powers are different. So I believe it is actually to,
2: Got it. to synchronize it. Synchronize
1: two. it more mm. and um and
2: also possibly to flip off Ike Perlmutter.
1: Yes. Exactly. <laughs> now and then also it was pointed out that the issue of the book was written by Zeb Wells, who is a writer of comics, also a screenwriter, who co-wrote a movie called *The Marvels*, starring Ms. Marvel. So it all oh, I, I mean, I I just I said in my you know all the signs. I said all the signs are there, and I just said in my piece, it's like you know I understand you're uh, mad that Ms. Marvel was killed, but y- you know I hope you're not losing any sleep over it. Because there's some real problems with actual young Muslim women of color in the world, and I would rather be upset. I mean, I understand, of course, she's a very, very, very important character to a lot of people, and she should never, ever, ever be disrespected. But, you know... And
0: really, very often, I mean, characters are killed uh, very I mean, you kill characters in comic books so you can bring them back. And, 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 And also to focus and actually kind of create a, a, a dramatic focus on the character's character. Okay. So,
2: yeah. I mean, well, I, I can, allow me to yeah. produce a a third perspective, which is, no, I, I don't think she's going to stay dead. No. But I'm someone who's read a lot of terrible, they die and then they come back from the dead storylines. They just, in my opinion, and I think I'm not alone in this, They tend not to be that great. They tend to, like, be over the top and emotionally manipulative. Oh, their dad is so sad. And then they come back and it's awkward and badly written. Not always. Not always. It's just that, like, if you're a fan of the character already and you didn't need to be, like, reawoken to how wonderful his character is it's like oh great well i guess i'll come back yeah. to this comic in six months
1: well you don't listen i mean you know after Gwen, it's kind of whatever when stacy the most traumatic death in comics was the Jean gray phoenix and you know showing my age but i was a young comic reader. believe me that was upsetting i was very upset by it it didn't get leaked and you know to so i mean i get it I don't, i'm not putting down the real upset that people are showing so yeah. you know it's twitter so it's all performative uh, I will say this. I'm very, very curious as to how this got leaked because there was an image of the last page where... A it looked phone... like
2: it was taken from somebody's cell phone.
1: Yeah, but I, I mean, as I pointed out, cell phone cameras are really good. It was a super blurry image. So it looked like... You're assuming this person's competent. Hey, Kate, it's really hard to take bad photos with these phones now. Maybe they had a really. Sh- about
0: that, no, <laughs> I don't know about that. I, mean, Heidi. I just, I've yeah, taken I've my, my share of, of bad really photos. photos really well, bad they pictures.
1: didn't have time, but I'm just saying, <laughs> as someone who t- has fifty thousand digital photos on her phone and is good at taking pictures, no, because like you take a, a a blurry photo, it's very hard to take a photo that blurry. Okay, that's what I'm saying. It's hard to take a photo of the blur. Anyway, uh, Detective Conan Heidi is on this still. There's
2: something very strange about this. What what is your theory? Is your theory it was Marvel that leaked it?
1: Well, I thought that at first, and then they did a really good job of covering it up, but um, I don't know. There's a lot of questions. Uh, We should move on. We should move on. I think we're going to move on to the briefs now, but we all have our own briefs. Yes, so we because we have so many to go so calvin i know you had one
0: um but my brief is uh just i wanted to point out that adrian tomany's novel shortcoming it has been adapted into uh a live action film by randall park uh it's going to premiere at the tribeca festival on june 17th go and see it uh it's an extraordinary book. I think that, uh, Adrian did the screenplay. They worked close, you worked closely with, with Randall Park. Um, I'm going to certainly try and go and see it. And I think you I should. I think it's too. going to,
1: I think it's going to, uh, have, you know, uh, wide, I mean, not wide. I mean, it's going to be available in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, yes. I was, uh, really excited for both Adrian, uh, who I know and Randall Park, who I only know by reputation, but I was really glad they got to make the movie and, um, uh yeah yeah uh, go see it check Sign it out it. um well my uh briefs i have a couple briefs uh one is that i mean there. look since the last time we talked a lot of things have happened but just one that's re- pretty notable i think is that jim lee has announced that he had been promoted to president of dc comics um and he was already the chief creative officer and the publisher so he's just everything i uh, one exact route rolled up into one jim lee
2: so and, Heidi, what's changed about his, uh, his, uh, job duties? Nothing. nothing he just really. has
1: another title. I think and... what you
0: said was actually, he is, he is DC Comics. Yeah, at this he point.
1: is. Well, I mean, along with Marie Javens, who's the editor in chief sure, sure. and Annie Depeese, who does a lot of the, um, you know, kind of COO type stuff. But I, 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 I think it was notable just because I mean, I think even on this podcast, we've talked, you yeah. know, yeah. It, it, there's always been, I mean, DC has been in a pretty, um, you know, precarious position. And, you know, this we didn't have on the story list because I, I haven't had a chance to write it up. But, uh, you know, DC's been advertising on TV for this new dawn, dawn of DC storyline. Yes, well, if you watch hmm. AEW Dynamite, hmm. you would have there seen these DC ads. But I've heard they're in other places. So, it it looks yeah, like there's getting a little bit of, um, you know, uh, um, investment. Um it, You know, Jim staying is a really great thing because uh as I pointed out, if he left i mean the stock would have died. well that's know. what's so
0: crazy i mean dc used to be this you know this well it was this big part of the industry with all these notable personalities and faces and it's just jim lee now yeah
2: yeah well i mean it is it is yeah. big Not it's just like uh,
0: yeah. marie but really i mean
2: it's just gotten bare at the top yeah and i do wonder how much of that is to do with the fact that jim lee's
1: probably the least controversial person who was anywhere near the top for some yeah. time. And I mean, yeah, exactly. And I mean, he doesn't have um, you know, a lot of groundbreaking achievements to his name to be honest. You know, he's better known as an artist, but uh, I just think he's it's it's a good sign for DC that yeah, yeah. that he is uh, you know, it'd be better if they had three awesome executives in those yeah. three positions, but at least having Jim Lee there still yeah. is good. Um, you know, my other brief I know we're very short on time, but I, I did just want to mention quickly that uh another reason why I have not had a lot of time is I was in San Francisco last week for the first time in 13 years, and I got to visit some comic shops, including Comics Experience, which is oh, run yes. by friend of the podcast, Brian Hibbs uh I was a frequent guest on here, and it was great to see Brian in person. Um, we hung out a few times, and you know. <laughs> Brian's a very opinionated man. But, you know, he's a good friend. It was really <laughs> great to see him. But uh, I also visited the Silver Sprocket store. Ah. And, uh, you know, they're a publisher. I think we've mentioned them a few times yes, here. And- Boy, that store is gorgeous. Uh, they have an incredible... Incredible line of uh, comics, graphic and novels. And their publishing
0: program has just their publishing really
1: program has done really well. Grown. And yes, I had a long talk with Avi Ehrlich, yes, who's the great publisher. Guy. He is a great,
0: crazy, uh, a wacky, crazy guy. Yes,
1: yes, he goes. Uh, they are they them they, now. Yes. By the way, uh, yes, so uh, yes, this, uh, just, which is hard because uh, anyway, habits, habits. Because habits, but uh, yes. Avi and I had hung out also. Really great conversation. And if you are in San Francisco, absolutely yeah. just go check out check out both stores, um, uh, because they really um are great. So, many
2: people who speak or try to speak Japanese in America <laughs> do so because of anime and manga. Well, Duolingo, the popular free language learning app has teamed up with Crunchyroll, therefore. So the Japanese course, very popular in Crunchyroll will, Japanese course, very popular in Duolingo will now have, uh, at least 50 anime inspired phrases and situations put into the English to Japanese, uh, Duolingo app with the help of Crunchyroll. And Crunchyroll will provide on their app a list of easy-to-understand Japanese anime titles. The concept is these are ones where if you're listening, if you're new to Japanese, it's easy to decipher. It's easy to understand what everybody's saying, which can be important because sometimes people have accents.
1: Does it have the how to say, I like Chainsaw Man?
2: It might. You never know. You'll have to sign on and find out.
1: (laughs) All right.
0: There you go.
2: And,
1: of course, they
2: are doing cross-promotion where paid Duolingo users can get a free month of Crunchyroll, and paid Crunchyroll users can get a free month of Duolingo. So, give it a try.
1: Marketing synergy. Of course.
2: And speaking of marketing and manga, so... Shonen Jump is just known for having the biggest titles in manga and they've got another. So the numbers have come in for the top selling manga of 2022 and the winner is Jujutsu Kaisen for the second year in a row. And that's kind of remarkable and worthy of mention Because for a long time, some very old titles have dominated because, you know, they're great and they've lasted long. So to have something relatively new shoot to the top of the pack and stay there is is a great achievement. Yes. So congratulations to Jujutsu Kaisen and uh, may there be many wonderful, beloved anime properties to come and manga properties to come in the future.
1: Well, I think that is an impressive job, co-hosts, of summing up about three weeks of tumultuous times in comics. I mean, there's a lot we haven't even covered. But,
0: cramming it all in. Yeah. Uh,
1: in our classic uh, phrase, uh, there's, you know, I think there will absolutely be
0: more to come.